Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. This week, two major pieces, exciting pieces of news, uh, though there were many other things that went on. Uh, but two very, very major items, one, of course, being the war, the Ukraine war, uh, which I fear is going to be with us for quite a while, and the other, the confirmation hearings, which began yesterday for Judge Jackson, uh, who has been nominated to the United States Supreme Court, and this is the confirmation hearing by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, Now, Yesterday, they just fooled around with her a little bit. They didn't have much time. They got like five minutes apiece, the senators. And everybody was a gentleman, the Republicans too. But today, it hit the fan. Disgracefully hit the fan. Let me say this. Let me start this way. This woman, Judge Jackson, is the finest judge that I have seen interview for this position to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee in my adult life. I am 86. I have been a lawyer since 1960. Never, never was I confronted with such a legal mind. This woman is brilliant. Not brilliant to the point where she comes off like a smart ass. She just is smart, and it's obvious. No matter what they threw at her, and they threw everything at her, even the kitchen sink, she was there. But it was very abusive. Uh, so let me start this way. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the senators who were bad people. The Republican senators, there were three or four of them. Senator Lindsey, okay, he ought to retire. His questioning was pure, unadulterated stupidity. I'm not trying to sound foolish. Uh, I'm serious. He sat there, and he was getting redder and redder by the face because he couldn't nail this woman to the wall. Uh, She was very polite, always polite, never lost her temper. But he threw everything at her. And in the end, he wasn't even waiting for a response. I thought he was going to start foaming at the mouth. I kid you not. I kid you not. In the end, he was making speeches saying, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. Had nothing to do with the hearing, all right? I think this man is hes at the point where he should consider retiring. Give you an example of a stupid question. He asked her, out of clear blue sky, what faith are you by the way, what faith are you? In other words, what religion are you, lady? What's this got to do with the whole thing? Do you see what I'm saying? That kind of questioning. Cruz. Now, let me tell you about Cruz. Cruz, smart guy, at one time, was. Don't forget, he, he came out of, out of Harvard, Yale, probably first in his class, second in his class. He clerked for the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court Justice. Uh, he's been a, he was a good senator years ago when he first went to the United States Senate, but he, he, he's mean. He's always mean now. This guy, and you know, he believes he's going to be the presidential candidate 
uh, on the Republican ticket in nineteen uh, in twenty twenty four. I recalled about a month ago I was watching him being interviewed, and he was telling the reporter that he would be the candidate in twenty four because he was next in line. It was that simple. He was next in line. It was his turn to get the nomination and run. We shall see. Uh, a real ball buster, excuse me for saying it that way. He was bad. He was very, very bad. Uh, interestingly, excuse me, an issue came up about, they, you know, they're big on this, the, chi, uh, the good judge Jackson uh she was sympathetic uh not the pedophiles but two child people who are interested in child pornography they like to look at the pictures <laughs> okay and out of well over 100 cases she handled as a trial judge they questioned i think four initially it was 11 they discovered there was four and because uh, she her sentence was less than the, the guidelines, the federal guidelines, which are not mandatory, by the way. They must be, they can be at least that much, they can be less, uh, were 18 years less than the prosec- than the uh, defense counsel asked for. No, the prosecutor. The prosecutor, 18 years less. He only wanted two years. The government, by the rules, said 20, but it could be less. Uh, and the probation department came up with something three or four years. And the, an issue, uh, she came up, she already sentenced this guy to three months, and she explained why in great detail. Uh, and it made sense when she was done. And she says, I did all this, not because I wanted to. I have the power to do it, because you guys in Congress, my language in effect, passed laws that gave me this discretion and said that the mandatory uh, times do not control, et cetera, et cetera. So now they come back from lunch, and all of a sudden Cruz gets on his high horse and a couple of the other Republicans, and they want to know where was the probation report in that case. Uh, That normally goes only to the judge, okay, Uh, and to the defendant. Uh, And they want, I don't know, it wasn't in the paperwork. Well, they got their own paperwork, these guys. They went and got the cases and reviewed the the record. We call it the record in the law. Hundreds of pages on the case, every piece of paper ever submitted, every word spoken in the courtroom, and that wasn't there. Uh, And she didn't know why. (laughs) In fact, she didn't know she was going to get hit with that case, that she had to dig back in her brain to figure out, you know, what was it about, et cetera, and why she decided the way she did. She did a magnificent job. Uh, But now, all of a sudden, this paperwork came up, this one probation report, because the Democrats got it. One or two of the Democrats on the committee got it about an hour before they retired for lunch. Now it's an hour and a half later, and the Republicans can discover it. We want it. Where is it? Why didn't we get this? And some of the Democrats had it, and none of the Republicans did. And Durbin, who is the chairman of the committee, said, hey, guys, what are you doing? This whole thing was in the Washington Post five days ago. This is what's before us. What was in the Washington Post? 
Why didn't you read the Washington Post? Well, if you got it, we should have it. We'll go get a copy of the Washington Post. The whole thing was terrible. Senator Cotton, he's a bad man, too. I said this from the first day he was elected. He's still in his first term. Bad guy. He's a smart-ass young guy. I say it with all due respect. Uh, he simplifies everything. And his questions are, they're just not right on. You know, he asks, like, do you think uh, that murderers should serve a life sentence? Should murderers get less than life? These are not questions for the judge. The judge cannot sentence except the way Congress legislates it to. Are you with me? <laughs> so she said, not my headache. You guys tell us. And then we do it. <laughs> All right? Uh, and I thought he was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Then there's Senator Hawley. All right? This guy, something's wrong with. Let me place him in the position you will absolutely recall him. January 6th. Remember, he's going up the steps of the Capitol. The crowd of hundreds of thousands are there. And it's like... The Red Sea, the, 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 water's, the water's open for Moses. And, and the crowd spread apart so he could walk up those steps. And as he was walking up, he turned around, smiled, and raised his fist into the air. Now, i got to believe this guy was in some of those meetings at whatever the hotel was in Washington the night before or earlier that morning because he was horrible also in his questioning they killed they were trying to kill her they were trying to kill her and this woman is so smart and not smart ass she'd just dig back and explain no that's not correct you're not looking at this these are the rules and this these fellows that were questioning her on the republican side were the most poorly prepared senators in one of these hearings that i've ever seen in my lifetime also now, uh, let's see. She was smart. Uh, they were trouble. They're trying to make trouble. Let's, uh, they got nothing going with this woman. It's pretty much acknowledged she's going to be uh, confirmed. Uh, she may be confirmed with three or four Republican votes also. Uh, they were trying to turn this thing, the Republicans, into a Mike Kavanaugh, into a, I'm sorry, Judge Kavanaugh uh, confirmation hearing from several years ago. Uh, but they failed in that regard. The one Republican senator that I came out of this thing admiring was Senator Sass. Or Sassy, S-A-S-S-E-S, or S-A-S-S-E. Not a lawyer. Relatively young, I'd say 40. Uh, he had a very intelligent 20-minute conversation with Judge Jackson. Uh, he knew what he was talking about, though he was not an attorney. He was versed in in minute detail on what he was talking about. I was impressed with that because he's not an attorney. Uh, and they had that kind of a conversation back and forth, back and forth. I will say this. He, he never nailed her. He never said, gotcha, you know. And he wasn't trying to. But what what it turned out to be was an explanation of everything he was saying, where he was wrong, she pointed out very gently. Uh, and that was another thing. The, the Cruz, uh, Cotton, Lindsey Graham, these guys weren't ready for this confirmation hearing. They absolutely were not ready. That's how it appeared. 
I think finally <laughs> the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Committee met its match in this woman. In my 50-some-odd years in the practice of law, I've never seen anyone stand up to this group like this, but not in a rough way. This woman was very genteel. And this is the story, and that's the story. Beat the hell out of her, though. Let me tell you, they didn't let her go, and she did it very well. Now, having told you what happened today, let me tell you what happened yesterday. Uh, I wanted to start with today. The Repu- yesterday was the first day of, of the hearing, and the Republicans got three or four minutes apiece or five minutes to, to say what they wanted to say, and nobody went after her or anything like that. Uh, it was kumbaya. And the Republicans said, there will be no circus, quote, unquote, no circus uh, with regard to Judge Jackson's hearing. We're not going to do this like Kavanaugh. No circus. And, well, I got to tell you, (laughs) the clown car rolled in, okay, today, this morning. The demagogues doubled down, and the demagogues were, as I have indicated, Lindsey Graham, Cruz, Cotton, and Hawley, okay? Smart asses. That's all. The only way you can describe them, smart asses. You wouldn't even want to be in their company. I wouldn't enjoy having a drink with these guys. I, they're belligerent by nature. They're know-it-alls. When they don't know, which makes it worse. Uh, and their thrust, they indicated, though, yesterday was going to be, she soft on child pornography offenders. That's not people who have sex with kids. That's people who are interested in looking at dirty pictures, which is a difference, okay? Uh, So that's the story there. Now, let's go to Miami Beach. It is spring break. Uh, They hit town. They hit Miami Thursday for St. Patrick's Day. Have been partying ever since. Huge crowd, bigger than last year. And the mayor announced on Friday they're well-behaved. Uh, the city had organized events for them to attend. There was no trouble. Everything looked good. Well, over the weekend, it stopped looking good. So bad were the things that occurred over the weekend that the mayor has declared a state of emergency uh, because he said there's violence here. There is violence here, and he's also imposing a curfew, midnight to 6 in the morning. And the violence was gross. There were actually shootings. Five people were wounded, all right? And it got out of control again. Uh, I don't know. You can't go on with things like this. I can't say it wasn't this way when I was a spring breaker because I never had the money to go on spring break. I never did a spring break in Miami or anyplace else until I was somewhat of a success as a lawyer and I could pay my own way. Anyhow, that's the story in Miami. Uh Something bothered me yesterday in my readings, and let me spell this out for you, because we are a screwed-up state here in Florida. Our governor, we know, is screwed up, and the state legislature is also up in Tallahassee. I don't know what the hell they do up there, but they're... They don't understand values. What What is something of value? What is something of importance? What is something you should pay attention to in legislating? And what is something that's not so important and in times of tight money, perhaps, you let go by the wayside? Well, here's what happened with the legislature in the state on uh, this past weekend or on Monday morning. Uh, there is a not-for-profit 
organization that provides free medical and dental care to children in the Florida Keys. It is called the Florida Keys Area Health Education uh, Center. And what they do, they, they, they're not for profit. They get money from several sources. They, they've got like a van and they've got a dentist or two and some nurses or dental assistants. And they go to the schools <laughs> to check the kids out. And when the kids are sick at home, can't go anyplace, they go to the homes. All right. These, these people are doing a hell of a job and have been. Well, every year the state gives them a piece of change to add to money they're getting elsewhere. I don't know what their total budget is. But last year, for example, the state of Florida gave them $500,000. This year they asked for $650,000. They got nothing. They got nothing. And the shame of it all, the representatives who, who sponsored the bill to get them the 650 didn't, didn't even know it had died. <laughs> Nobody paid attention, and uh, they just said, we don't have enough money. That's all. Okay. Now, it, that's something important. This is money for children whose parents can't afford to get their teeth fixed, uh, to take care of them if they're very sick. Whereas the legislature also this past week Provided monies, all right, authorized monies for something that Governor DeSantis wanted. This guy's worse than Trump. I'm not exaggerating. Anyhow, he said, and he has been saying, he's going to sound like Donald Trump now when I explain this. He wanted an election police, I quote, unquote, election police, okay, because, because we have an urgent problem in Florida, okay? We've got fraud on election day at the election, at the election polls. Well, a recent study was done of some import by an important organization that showed that this urgent problem in the state of Florida, all right, regarding voter fraud, listen to the percentage of the population that were involved or might have been involved, the way they put it. Count the zeros. Point zero 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 six. Seven seven percent. I repeat, point zero 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 six seven seven percent. That is less than one percent. That's less than a half a percent. That's less than a quarter of a percent. That's less than I don't know what. Point zero 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 six seven. What a disgrace! And based on that, they've now authorized an election police force. With a budget, I don't know what the numbers are. I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm sure it's more than $650,000, okay? Now, the kids need the medical and dental work. The governor and the state think that money and some other monies should go to this big criminal thing called voter fraud, which does not exist in this state, and we found does not exist anywhere in the United States in any significant number. Basketball, oh boy, the big tournament, the Final Four is coming up. Exciting, very, very exciting. Two teams I'm going to talk about, St. Peter's and Duke. Whoever heard of St. Peter's? I'm laughing as I'm saying it. 
They're to, they are the Cinderella team. Every year there's a Cinderella team. That means they're the poorest of the poor teams. They're at the bottom. They have like 68 uh, teams uh, that participate, and they're numbered from 1 to 68 as to quality ability. I think St. Peter's was 66th or something. And St. Peter's, in their first game, uh, they were a number 15 seed in one of the four sections, and they played number two seed, Kentucky, okay? St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Unheard of, okay? They beat Kentucky, unbeatable. Many thought Kentucky would win the whole thing. <laughs> a few nights later, they had to play Murray State. Now, Murray State seeded number seven. Not as good as uh, Kentucky, but definitely going to beat uh, St. Peter's because it had to be a mistake. A number 15 seed doesn't go very far. It happens every now and then. Uh, a 15-16 seed uh, wins the first game. And St. Peter's went out, and they beat Murray State. They won each game by like five, six, seven points, but they were steady. They were always at a few points. Uh so, big stuff here coming up this weekend now. Uh, I, I forget who St. Peter's is playing. It doesn't matter. They are the Cinderella team. They are the dream team. They are a typical American underdog, okay? And I just hope they win it all and go all the way. It won't happen. It's never happened. But, God, if it's ever going to happen, let it happen now. Now let's go to Duke. Duke hasn't had the best of years, uh, and yet it's a number two seed in their section, okay? Um, things have been rough for Duke at the end of the year here, but out of respect, they made him a number two seed. I don't think they were worthy to be a number two seed. Well, they won their – they're playing their second game. Uh, I forget who would they play in the second game. Uh, hell, uh, North Carolina. I think it was North Carolina, North Carolina State. I forget which one. Anyhow, uh, they almost lost. In fact, they were losing with about two and a half minutes to go by about six points. And they ended up winning the game, okay, by nine points. <laughs> by nine points, okay. And the Duke coach, we all know the great Mike Trevesky, he said, in his interview after the game, we won tonight. I mean, they, they, they outscored uh, North Carolina. They outscored North Carolina how many points? Like 12, 14 points in the last two and a half minutes. He said, the coaching didn't do it. I don't want anybody to say it was me that won that game. I had nothing to do with it. With two and a half minutes to go, I sat there and all I could think of we are a sinking ship, okay? These guys did it. My team did it. Their grit, their determination, they were not going to lose this game. And he gave credit where credit, credit was due. So that was a good game. So watch St. Peter's. If you're interested in sports at all, go watch St. Peter's play this weekend. And let's see how this team makes out. There is something going on in professional golf. Disgraceful, and I think it could be the beginning of the end of the quality of the money purses and everything else. This is going to take another ten or fifteen years to happen. 
with regard to the PGA. Professional golf's big money today. I, I mean, the, this guy who won the players got $3.8 million for first place. Uh, what, what, what is the FedEx? which started off at $10 million to the best player for the whole year based on his scores and winnings, is $18 million at the end of the season. Big money. Most of these tournaments every week are worth a million to a million four to the winner. Big money. Don't forget, the guys below them also make big money. Uh, so, now what's happening? Phil Mickelson. Well-loved man. One of the great golfers of all time uh, has won over 50 uh, tournaments, won six six uh, of the great big games, uh, three of them the Masters. Uh, respected golfer, well liked. Everybody likes Phil Mickelson. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's a jovial guy, and at his old age here, he's still in there uh, playing. And you never know. Like Jack, Jack Nicholas came out when he was in his old age with a win no one expected in a major, and Phil Mickelson's got the ability to do it. He's still playing. Uh, well, these guys make big money that are pro golfers, but apparently they can make bigger money. And Saudi Arabia wants their own sponsored golf league. And they're willing to pay big money to players and have bigger purses, okay? One, to join their league, all right? Which, uh, let's see, it was, what was Greg Norman of yesterday. Greg Norman's running the show, and they're going to pay you to join their league. You won't be playing with the PGA, switch leagues. You're going to play all over the world. The purses are going to be larger, and you get a couple million dollars to sign up with them. Phil Mickelson came out two weeks ago and says, I like what they're saying. And he says, look, we play for money. This is, this is our job, and we should get paid the most we can. And one of the things that upsets Phil Mickelson is that every time they take his picture, he doesn't get any money off of it. Whatever, if there's a fee involved, it goes to the league. He says, that should be mine. Uh, where else does this happen? And, uh, well... No one knew what was going to happen. Everyone was quiet. And two or three days later, uh, Rory came out and this one came out. And they said, well, we don't like this idea too much. Don't think we're going to do it. And right away, everybody isn't going to do it. Only Phil. He's out there all alone. He's going to do it. And now they're starting to say bad things about Phil. Uh, which I didn't think was nice. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Phil Mickelson uh, in his life because I'm much older than him. Uh, make a long story short, uh, the Masters is coming up in two weeks, and that's one of the four major tournaments. Phil Mickelson has won it three times. He automatically gets to play in the Masters. He doesn't need anyone's permission, including the PGA. Whereas anyone else who plays has to be on the PGA list and invited through the PGA. Well, the word is, and it hasn't come out officially, is that Mickelson has been suspended by the Pete. Would you believe this? One of America's greatest sportsmen and golfers, suspended by the PGA. And also, the Masters people said, we're not even going to let him play. If he can play, we don't want him on. This is Augusta, though. 
homo gulf. We don't want them on our course. And I don't know. They didn't say this. Mickelson announced yesterday he's not playing in the Masters. Now comes up they, that they think he's suspended, but the PGA has not said anything yet. Well, I think this is all wrong. I, and I, I believe that when you have a crack in the dike, and there's a crack in the dike right now, uh, Mickelson's going to stand hard. He doesn't need anybody's money. Uh, in fact, He's made $95 million in his lifetime in winnings and $700 million additional in endorsements. He doesn't need anybody. But I think he's going to be pissed off because he's been insulted and embarrassed, and he's going to fight, and the Saudi money is going to be there, and I know the Saudi people are bad, uh, and the PGA is going to stand firm at this end, but eventually players are going to drop off. Because the bigger the dollar they can make, they want to make. And a lot of these guys need the bigger dollar because they're not at the top, all these players. And it's going to be the beginning of the end of the PGA. So that's the story with that. And with that, I have no more time. I hate this. I hate this when I have more, no more time. Anyhow, it's been an enjoyable show this week. Uh, things are happening especially in the Ukraine, and my Ukraine stuff I haven't even gotten to yet. i got a half inch of material here. Uh, anyhow, thank you for joining me. Love doing the show. Love having you here. And I look forward to being with you again next week. Good night, my friends. <laughs>